Marijuana smoking, experts point out, can make a helpless addict of its victim within weeks, causing physical and moral ruin and death. The first legally sold marijuana here goes to an Iraqi war veteran. A new insurance study out this week looked at car crashes in several states that allow the use of recreational marijuana. Peterson, You're a doc. You've studied this. You've talked to the researchers. Right. You're saying marijuana can kill cancer cells. Who taught you how to do this stuff? You, all right? I learned it by watching you. Marijuana is illegal under federal law. States have legalized recreation. It's no wonder you can't open your eyes. What do you expect doping yourself up with this wrong stuff? What do you know about pot? All right, you are listening to the Cannabis Hour, a bi-weekly radio program where I discuss all things cannabis. I'm your host, Jen Procacci. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining me today. I had the pleasure of attending the Harvest Ball, um, an event organized by the Emerald Cup, two weeks ago. So today on the show, I'm going to be doing a little recap of what it was like there. I had the chance to get away from my booth there with the Mendocino Producers Guild and run around grabbing a few interviews with various folks that were there at the ball. I spoke with my friend David Shear from the wonderful um, Biochar Soil Company, Bio365. Donna from Frogville Farms, Kelly Bruce with Canamami, Lindsay Renner with Native Humboldt, um, Sweetleaf Joe, who is a really well-known activist bringing uh, medicine to patients for a really long time. I've got a great interview with him. And Anique Goldsmith with Black Market Certified. That is going to be a retail brand that is working with Wu-Tang and Affiliates, who I also saw perform at the Harvest Ball. And right after the Black Market Certified interview, you will get to hear Capadonna freestyle rhyme when I ask him the question, um, what does legacy farming mean to you? So don't want to miss that one. And then after you hear all those great little interviews, you know, the voices from the Harvest Ball, we're going to um, wrap up the hour with some cannabis-themed holiday music for you all. So wherever you are, I hope you are cozy and warm and happy and sharing time with friends and family and loved ones. So without further ado, here are voices from the Harvest Ball. All right, I'm over here with David at the Bio365 booth. David, how is it to be at the Harvest Ball this year? The Harvest Ball is a amazing melting pot of science and culture and expansion of consciousness. Beautiful and so true. It's wonderful to see you here again. I met you here actually three years ago, and it's great to all be gathered together in person again. Um, how has the response been to your product here, and do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about it? Because we represent the future of cannabis growing, the response has always been singular. To be able to talk about future technology that has relevant today, it's very compelling. That's wonderful. Have you made some good connections with cultivators that have been interested in your soil? We have. In fact, we, we seem to have, we're, we're mining a very deep vein of um, 
kind of kind of the deep stoners. That's awesome. That sounds super, super fun. Cool. Well, I am so excited to have connected here at the Cup with you again. It's so wonderful for us to all be gathering. Any little last thoughts you want to share? Well, I wish you, Jen, good fortune for the Cannabis Hour and especially for Wildland Cannabis. Thank you, David. Best logo in the business. Oh, you're so awesome. Thank you. All right, I'm here with Michael Klein, the CEO of Bio365, a super awesome biochar soil product that I totally believe in. Michael, do you want to tell me just what it's like to be at the Harvest Ball with your beautiful soil? Oh, this is incredible. First of all, this is, um, this is the home where, where I learned to grow. I had my first collective in, in Sonoma in, in 2011. And all, all the great craft growers are here, the, the, the heart of the industry. And, and um, one of the things that's exciting for me is that I, I've seen how hard the, the, the industry has been on craft growers. And um, we, really, we really understand that the economics of the industry are a function of a single room, whether you have 50 of them or one. And our commitment is to bring to craft growers systems that will allow them to compete and grow at costs that, that won't make them have to um, suffer what, what we're going through now today. So uh, that's what we're really excited about and, and Emerald Cup is, is the place to be to be in contact with the people who've, who've, who've respected the DNA of the plant and really are the heart of it. That's awesome. Those are beautiful words and I totally, um, I live that sentiment. I use your soil on my own small craft farm and it, the quality of it has helped me succeed and grow the best cannabis I possibly can. So, thank you. Have you made Have you made any good connections this weekend? Oh yeah, it's, it, the, the booth has been hopping. I think even today, the bad weather may actually help us a bit, uh, unfortunately. But yeah, we, 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 had, we had the real OG Cushman here yesterday for a good part, and he just brought his own entourage of incredible growers and, and characters. So it's been, it's been a great show. That's awesome. Are you going to be going down to the Emerald Cup in L.A. with your product as well? I'm sure we will. Well, I hope I see you there. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. I'm over here in the Nevada County section of the Craft Cannabis Marketplace. I'm here with Donna of Frogville Farms. Um, you're a recipient of one of the Small Farmers Initiative booths, which is so cool. How did you feel when you found out you want a booth? Oh, we were so excited because um, we've uh, we've actually been farming for a very long time. Uh, we're organic farmers and clean green certified, um, so we've been doing this uh, for a couple of decades. Uh, we used to be um, contract farmers with Harborside Health Center in Oakland for many years back when they, it was medical marijuana and uh, they were doing contract farming and they picked us as one of their farmers so that's how we really got into the business and then when uh, when they went to legalization everybody kind of branched off and tried doing their own brands and um, so that's what we do we're called Frogville Farms and uh, uh, most of what we do um, actually goes into extracts and uh, we do fresh frozen.
So we take the buds down, harvest them, strip them, freeze them, and they go into extracts for companies like Purewana and Blessed Extracts. Um, but before we harvest them, we do go and pick the choicest buds. Uh, we hand pick them, uh, dry them, and then put them on the mar our flower market. So we just, you know, we, a few pounds of this and that actually end up on the market. And uh, mainly we farm for the terpenes. We always pick strains that have uh, high terp profiles. And this year we have the Benemoji here. Um, and I always bring the test results. And uh, yeah, <laughs> so it's very strong. 32% I see on the sign right here. That is high. Do you want to uh, hear it? Yeah, I'm going to smell it right now. Oh, it is so awesome. Like lemon and gas. It's really beautiful. That's some beautiful bud. And now I'm checking it out under the little magnifier here. It's got a little purple in there. That's so hot this year. Where can people... I made a poster of it because the flowers are so beautiful. It is gorgeous and just covered with frost. I love seeing the fresh flower picture because a lot of people don't like get that fresh flower experience, you know? Where can people find this um, premium Venom OG if they want to buy it like in a store? Oh, in the stores. Right now, um, the only place that you could get it is would be our local dispensary in Nevada City, which is Elevation 2477, and uh, uh, you can buy it here at the Emerald Cup at the Sovereign Dispensary, <laughs> and we also have our strawberry cheesecake. Oh, I'm going to smell that right now, too. Oh, wow. It looks beautiful. Oh, it's so cheesy and fruity. Oh, it just smells amazing. Yeah, um, and you can take a look at the crystals too, and it does have a very high THC content. Oh yeah, 26%, 30% total cannabinoids, wow, these are some really, these are high quality products you have here. Yeah, it's high quality, organic, um, yeah, we uh, practice re regenerative, uh, you know, we feed our soil. You feed your soil, the soil will feed your plants. And that's your plants will feed you. Yeah, absolutely. No chemicals. Not on my property. That's beautiful. Yeah, thank you. And you've been several decades in the industry? Yes. Yes, ma'am. Well, I'm so happy to see legacy farmers like you um, as recipients of this booth. And I wanted to ask you, would you have come to the event and been bending your flower anyway? Or did you solely come because you received the booth? Um, I We came because, you know, it was a lottery and we got picked. Because otherwise, you know, we're a small farm. And it does cost thousands of dollars. And, then, you know, you have to package your product. It's not like these big guys and big cannabis. And, you know, I want to really thank the Emerald Cup for having their initiative this year and bringing us out and giving this this opportunity um, to showcase what we do, you know. And uh, all of us, all these people are from Nevada County. And... Um, it is really one of the finest places to grow weed in California. 
It's about the elevation. You know, it's a lot drier than it is, say, on the coast in Mendocino or Humboldt, Trinity County, you know. Um, they're a little wetter, you know, so we've got that really nice dry mountain air that comes down from, you know, the Sierras. Um, really hot days and cool nights. So it's really one of the perfect places to grow cannabis. And I think in the coming years, you will see Nevada County flourish as being a cannabis destination. You heard it here first at the Harvest Ball. We've got voices from the Harvest Ball. That's how you get those high terps, I bet, and those high THC numbers. Absolutely. So how can our listeners find out more? Do you have a website that you want to share or social media? Yes, we do. It's frogvillefarms.com. And we also are on Instagram, Frogville Farms. Frogville underscore farms. Thank you so much. And this has been Donna with Frogville Farms. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Yeah, well, thank you. Oh, are, do you plan on going to the Emerald Cup in L.A.? Um, I hadn't planned on it. Well, maybe you'll get to have your complimentary booth down there, too. That would be pretty cool. That would be great. And hopefully you'll enter some of your beautiful flower here, and then it can be award-winning. Yes. Sounds good. Well, thank you. I hope you have a great time this weekend. All right. Thank you very much. All right. I'm here with Lindsay Renner of uh, Native Humboldt Farms, and we are in the Craft Cannabis Marketplace in the Humboldt area. And Lindsay is a recipient of one of the Small Farm Initiative booths. How did it feel when you won the free booth? Oh my gosh, I was so excited when I learned that I was going to, you know, be able to participate in the Emerald Cup because, to be honest with you, it has been pretty difficult for small farms and even events like this, you know, we just really don't have the, the, the funding, right, to do these things. So I was super excited when I learned that I was going to be able to participate. Awesome. Me too. I'm a cultivator also, and I'm also here with the free booth, so I know what you mean. So great. I'm just, ah, it was such an awesome initiative. So will you tell me a little bit about Native Humboldt Farms? Yeah. So Native Humboldt Farms um, is in southern eastern Humboldt in Bloxburg, and basically I'm I'm Wailaki. I'm Native American. And so my tribe was indigenous to Humboldt County, specifically the area where my farm is located. Um, prior to like the 1860s, um, you know, around that time during the gold rush, a lot of things, different things happened. And my great, great, great grandma, mother ended up um, surviving. And so she owned my specific farm. So it was basically like a recreational area before white incursion for my tribe. And then my great, great, great grandmother owned it. And then after 1880, it switched hands a bunch of times until coming back into my possession. Uh, 15 years ago. So I started cultivating 15 years ago, sun-grown, outdoor craft cannabis. We kind of like went into the land really with like an indigenous perspective and never used any heavy equipment, just kind of like looked around, okay, well, where where can we tuck the cannabis? How can we work with the natural habitat more than kind of like how can we change or like make nature better? And so we do like fermented um plant juices and fruit juices with the native vegetation there and the blackberries we have like these indigenous farmed oaks that were that my tribe actually farmed um, up until the 18 you know 50s 60s and and then we have manufacturing and distribution and then we're actually luckily opening retail here in Eureka California within the next three months 
Awesome. You are killing it. I'm so stoked to see an indigenous woman succeeding in the cannabis industry right now because it is so, so challenging. And I have a question for you, which is that I have heard that it can be complicated with tribal membership because of the federal classification of cannabis. Do you want to say anything about that? Yeah. So um, right now there's some issues between growing like so basically my tribe has an ordinance for cannabis but it's basically segregated from prop 64 within the california regulated market um and so it we're trying to actually talk right now about how to like integrate that into the into the rec market you know because they're it's not allowed right now and so even if they have, you know, they grow cannabis, like we, we always get calls, like, can you, can we bring it through your facility? Can you manufacture it? Can you dis- di- distribute it? You know, can we put it in your retail? And the answer is no right now. So they're definitely working on that. Um, some tribes, I will say, are federally funded and some are completely sovereign. So that's kind of like the difference between which ones can participate at all. But I'm an enrolled member, but I'm still able to. I, like, I don't get any tax breaks or anything because I am operating in the California Prop 64 market. Um, but I'm still able to license in the market and be fine. Awesome. Thank you for breaking that down for us. That was really easy to understand the way you explained it. So you're also an author. You have a book called My Mom is a Cannabis Farmer. It's absolutely beautifully illustrated, and it's just a, it's wonderful. I'm looking at it right now. Would you tell our listeners about that? Absolutely. So it was kind of a, um, you know, it was a last-minute thing to write it, and I actually had someone reach out on LinkedIn from Ghana, and they said, hey, we're legalizing cannabis in Ghana right now. We have a bunch of car dealerships or something, and, and we're wanting to know more about cannabis, and we, we think we want to get into it, and we'd, we'd like to know if you could maybe consult. Um, and after that interaction, I was just, you know, thought to myself, oh my gosh, they're legalizing cannabis all around the world. You know, sometimes I get stuck in what's going on in Humboldt or the Emerald Triangle or maybe even California because that's that's where I'm at right now. And, you know, it's a fight right now. And so I just kind of opened up to the fact that they're legalizing cannabis all over the world right now, you know. And so there's all these kids, maybe their mom's a cannabis farmer, maybe their mom works at the cannabis retail, maybe their transport labs. You have all these jobs being created through cannabis and you have all these children that we're not talking about it with, right? So their mom works at a cannabis retail um, and they are not talking about what their job is, right? And I think it's just time that we start introducing the topic to children and it's a super easy way to introduce it. It's very simple to understand and my kids love it and I think I think we're ready. We're ready for that right now. So so awesome to have that broader vision like you have just described and I agree I think a lot of people aren't talking about it and I think a lot of people don't know how and they need these tools and so this book is a really important tool it's awesome Um, where can people find your book and buy copies yeah so right now the book is available on Amazon Um, you can just search under my name Lindsay Renner or the title my mom is a cannabis farmer and probably by the end of this month we'll have it available on my website as well Um, it's nativehumblefarms.com super cool Um, are you also a cannabis consumer I am a consumer, but in very small doses, right? Me too. 
So I like to microdose. I actually make topicals, I make edibles, and I also sell flour, right? And I kind of, you know, we all have an endocannabinoid system, and I like to stimulate, try to stimulate them all just a little bit, right? So I feel like if you kind of do that in small doses consistently with cannabis, it kind of can create almost like a homeostasis within your body. So I'm a user, but in microdoses and very consciously. <laughs> I like that. Um, what strains do you like to work with specifically and what strains do you like to microdose with? Yeah, so we actually partnered with Cookies Enterprises this year for their Humboldt Grown um, initiative. And they've been super supportive and basically we get their genetics. They don't tell us how to grow. We just kind of do our thing and um, then they, they pick up some of it and they co-branded. And so I'll be honest, I was pretty surprised, but my favorite strains this year are actually Cookies strains. Like we had the Cheetah Piss, we had the Sunshine Number no. 4, which has never been grown in California, or in the sun. We had the Orangutan, which was the same thing. It had never been grown in California or under the pure light of the California sunshine. And my favorite was the Orangutan. So the major terpenes in it ended up being Mercine and then Caryophylline and Limonene. It's super uplifting. It's like I literally smoke it and I feel like I want I could take on the world. So it's a good strain. <laughs> Truly bringing those strains into the light, so to speak. Absolutely. That's amazing. Um, you have some beautiful branding here. Your stuff just looks super professional. It sounds like you're really just doing so well. I wish you all the best of luck. Not that you need it. It sounds like you're doing amazing. And any last thoughts for our listeners? And also, where can people find more information about you, your social media handle, and everything like that? Yeah, so um, what I think I would tell consumers is just to be conscious with your purchases of cannabis, right? Like, we all choose pretty consciously what we put in our bodies, I think. You know, if we're gonna, if it's going to be organic, what, what, what quality it's going to be. And sun-grown cannabis, I think, is is the best quality so definitely know your farmer you know search search out a higher quality sun-grown cannabis and then you can find me on my social media is native humble on instagram we kind of have you know you can follow me on there thank you so much Lindsay. i really appreciate your time today thank you too i appreciate it all right, I'm over here in the Humboldt section of the Craft Cannabis Marketplace. I'm here with Lindsay Bruce. Um, no, Kelly Bruce. Lindsay. I'm over here in the Humboldt section of the Craft Cannabis Marketplace. I'm here with Kelly Bruce. She is the owner of Canamami, and she is here through the Small Farmers Initiative with the complimentary booths. What's it like to be here at the Harvest Fall for you? Oh, it's so awesome. I'm so proud of my business partner, Lindsay for um, you know, going out and achieving such a great, I don't know, how do I feel? I feel really blessed to be here. I feel excited to be here. It's really great to connect and see people. Um, it's just been fantastic. This is Lindsay. Do you want to tell me a little about Panamami real quick? Say it one more time. Do you want to tell me a little bit about your brand, Panamami? Is it topical? Sure, yeah. So Panamami is a brand that is designed to help moms. So we grow cannabinoid and terpene profiles that we believe are going to best help support moms. So we try to manage stress, anxiety, sleep, libido, appetite. Do you make a nipple cream? 
We make a cream called All Better Cream. It's in an infused uh, coconut oil that can be used uh, for a nipple cream. It can also be used for anything, really. It can be used for um, in your coffee in the morning. It can be used on your face as an oil. It can be used on your body for you know um, a rub. Um, that's why it's called All Better. It literally just makes everything better. <laughs> and what inspired you to start Canamami? My own journey, really. Um, being a mom, I felt that we were the most vulnerable cannabis consumers, considering that there is no real clear line on what distinguishes abuse in regards to neglect and endangerment. And so, because cannabis is a Schedule One drug, that gray area can really put mothers in a really crappy position legally. Uh, socially and just all kinds of ways and it's really just unfair and unjust and so we wanted to really address that uh, with products that we're really going to support and build a community for moms to really be supported in their choices. That is totally awesome. I love hearing what women bring to this industry. We bring so many beautiful things to the cannabis industry so I love to see women here with unique products and this is definitely a unique product in my mind. How do you source the cannabis for Canamami? So we work with Lindsay at Native Humboldt Farms and Eureka Distribution, and we work uh, to support the female supply chain. So we look for small female farmers, and then we move from small female farmers um, out to veteran farmers, um, minority farmers, and we really are just trying to support small sun-grown farmers with our brand. Um, so yeah, if you have a small farm, let us know. That is so cool. And how can we let you know and how can we find out more about Canamami and where to buy Canamami? Sure. You can follow us on Instagram at Canamami Nonprofit as well as Canamami Cultivation. And you can also just find us at Canamami.com. Thank you so much. And will you say your name for me one more time? Sure. My name is Kelly Bruce. All right. This is Kelly Bruce with Canamami. She's here through the Small Farmers Initiative in the Humboldt section of the Craft Cannabis Marketplace. Um, she's got a beautiful product, and thank you so much for sharing your experience with us. Okay. All right, I'm over here with Sweet Leaf Joe of Sweet Leaf Collective. We actually met in the parking lot yesterday, and I had no idea that he was like this super big deal person, and then he won an award yesterday. I saw him on stage, and I was like, oh my God, I met this like celebrity in the parking lot. So he... <laughs> um, Joe, tell me about what you do. What brings you to the, to the Harvest Ball? Well, I'm Sweet Leaf Joe, and I'm here... Uh, this year as the nonprofit sponsor at the Emerald Cup, a dollar from every ticket sold is going to Sweetleaf, my compassion program. And we've also had a free table at the, the Emerald Cup now for about 13 or 14 years since it was back in Area 101. So you're a longtime participant. Yeah, I guess now. And super longtime community member. Tell our listeners about the work that you do, bringing cannabis to people who are really in need. So I'm the founder and director of the Sweet Leaf Collective, and we are California's oldest cannabis brand. I started the program in 1996, and we help low-income, terminally ill patients access free medical cannabis during the Proposition 215 years. You know, we handled most of the supply chain we would pick up free cannabis in the emerald triangle and we would bring it down to the bay area we would package it up and then we would bike deliver it to patients homes 
a lot of our patients have mobility restrictions, and so it was really helpful for them to get it delivered. So now, you know, post Prop 64, we are no longer allowed to be plant touching. They have yet to make a nonprofit license category in the permit structure. And as much of a bummer as that was in 2018, um, it's actually kind of nice now because we organize donations, but we don't touch any of the plant material. So we navigate donations now from the farm all the way down to the patient. You know, everything in between, getting lab tests. Sometimes the donations are bulk, and so we're packaging it, uh, labeling it, distributing it out to compassion programs all around the state. Uh, the way we fund it is by selling lighters and rolling papers. Every $3 lighter or $3 rolling paper sold pays to get 3.5 grams of compassionate cannabis into the hands of a compassion patient. So we are looking for more retailers now to get that into their shops. Thanks to this fundraiser, in 2021, we've been able to get over $2.5 million dollars worth of free medical cannabis into the hands of patients and what Sweetleaf has kind of morphed into is we take care of a hundred patients in the bay but we're getting so many donations from cultivators and distributors that we are distributing to other compassion programs so we are a compassion distributor now and we work with over 10 other compassion programs around the state and we work with over a thousand patients and we're really hopeful next year to ratchet everything up even more and do 10 million dollars worth of compassion for 2020 2022 a little bit of a tongue twister there um and so yeah so it's it's really exciting and those numbers i don't think are very unrealistic and it would be super exciting to be doing a million dollars of compassion every month. Be super exciting. That would be awesome. How can cultivators get involved if they want to donate cannabis to programs like yours? So they can contact me, send me an email at sweetleafjoe at gmail.com. We prioritize donations based on the size of the donations. And right now, we are definitely underwater with the amount of donations that we've received. We are trying to hire a third person onto the project and our only thing holding us back right now is the funding. So yeah, we're also looking for sponsorships. We have a sponsorship pitch deck. If anyone wants to get involved, when monetary donations happen, we can give people a tax write-off because we are a nonprofit. We actually have two different arms of the project now. The patient organization, which is the nonprofit, and then Sweetleaf's Team Compassion that handles the supply chain. Because that's a little bit more gray area, and I don't think the federal government wants a nonprofit up in the supply chain. So the nonprofit handles patient organization, patient paperwork, and Team Compassion handles supply chain logistics. Thank you for giving us those details. Um, what inspired you to get started with this project? So I was an activist in 1996, a 20-year-old punk rock activist, and I did Food Not Bombs. 
And so Food Not Bombs, for those of you that don't know, is an activist group that takes surplus from grocery stores, cooks it up, and gives it away free to homeless people. So this model is a very simple model. You take a surplus from an industry and you get it to those who need it most. And when Proposition 215 passed, I was like, well, cannabis has to have a surplus. And who are the people who need it most? It's going to be terminally ill people that are low income because these are people who can't afford a medicine that if they don't have access to, they may die. And so we always wanted to have like a big impact. So rather than doing just general, which we want to do at some point, do general low income, you know, that's going to take a lot more infrastructure. But when we talk about bang for the buck, low-income, terminally ill patients need this the most out of anyone. And so that's what we focused on. We're basically following in the footsteps of Dennis Perone. We believe in his mission. We give a lot of props to Brownie Mary and Dennis Perone because they were the original compassion activists. For those of you that are listening and don't know them, please Google them. Dennis Perone did the most to legitimize cannabis of anybody ever in the world in the history of the world. And Brownie Mary is an activist who in her 60s, an elderly lady was going to jail for giving away free cannabis to AIDS patients at the San Francisco General Hospital during the AIDS crisis. These are incredible people and they paved the way for all of us. Nobody thought about it in the 80s that cannabis was gonna have a nonprofit sector. We are that nonprofit sector. And like I mentioned last night in my talk, you know, this is not an easy job to be surrounded by death. But somebody has to do it, and we are those people. And so anybody who wants to get involved, you know, any... For every dollar that's raised, we have a PayPal. You can find it on our website, sweetleafcollective.org. Any dollar that's raised, for every dollar, we're able to get a gram into the hands of a compassion patient. So anybody who wants to get involved, check us out. Together, we can save lives. That is so beautiful and inspiring. And I have to say, I was brought to tears listening to what you shared on stage last night. Can you tell me a little bit about the award that you won? Was it for social justice? Yes, it was uh, for advocacy. Um, it's funny, it's the first award I've ever received um, after doing this for 25 years. But we were hella underground for years. You know, the 90s, we were afraid of doing five to 10 years fed time for helping patients. I know other people that did do that amount of time. And it was really scary. So we only started doing interviews when Prop 64 passed and we were concerned that all of Compassion was going to get shut down because we were being taxed at that time. Proposition 64 did not differentiate between commercial and non-commercial cannabis, so we were taxed as if we were selling it. At that time, we had to do a fundraiser by selling the lighters. That's how we originated that fundraiser, was selling the lighters so we could pay the state taxes to practice philanthropy. I have never heard of this happening in any other industry ever. Philanthropy is never taxed. And this same sort of situation happened in Colorado, Washington, and Oregon. And unfortunately, in those states, they do not have the cannabis activist history that we have here. So when it happened in those states, 
their nonprofit sectors disappeared. And that was becoming a national trend. And it was going to happen in California too, except for the fact that this is where Dennis Brown started the whole medical cannabis movement with Brownie Mary. And Dennis passed on at the beginning of 2018. And I had been in talks with him and he was going to be the spokesperson for Compassion so we could change the law. So we worked for two years to change that law, and we did with SB 34. Three small grassroots compassion programs changed California law. And it was the first time a governmental entity as large as the state of California acknowledged the nonprofit sector of our industry. This was major. And it happened just from a small group of completely underfunded activists. We changed the law, and after changing that, it's very significant because in Washington, D.C., we see politicians, senators, assembly people talking about nonprofit protections for when we get federal legalization because we do not want to replicate the same mistake that happened in California. Many people died in 2019 because they did not have access to this medicine. And if we see that happen on a national scale, it's gonna be hundreds of thousands of people dying. And we can't have that. And so it's really important, our nonprofit sector in California, we set the pace for other states, for the whole country, and also for the whole world. So it's an honor to be able to be here and to be of service and to be in this position to to make so much positive change and to help so many people, not just in San Francisco, not just in California, but in the whole country and in the whole world. That is so beautiful, and I wish you nothing but absolutely the best of luck. You know, when I met you in the parking lot yesterday, I just loved your vibe. I felt like I really connected with you, and I didn't know anything about your work, but I can tell you truly have a heart of gold. So thank you so much for what you're doing. And I wanted to ask you one more question, which is that I heard you mention on stage last night that the Harvest Ball, the Emerald Cup organization, is helping to raise money for your organization um, through donating a portion of their sales. Can you talk a little bit about that? I would love to talk about that because I'm really about quantifying impact and connecting all the dots. So the Emerald Cup Harvest Ball donated a dollar from every ticket sale. Their estimate is that 5,000 tickets were sold. So for every dollar we raise, we're able to get a compassion patient one free gram of cannabis. We actually help them access it. We're not legally allowed to say that we get it to them anymore after Prop 215. But I digress. So 5,000 tickets, $5,000 means that over 10 pounds of compassionate cannabis will be going out to patients during this holiday season because of the Emerald Cup. And what I love and what I liked talking about last night on stage is connecting everyone in the crowd. Everyone who purchased a ticket to this event got one gram of cannabis to a compassion patient. We all did this together. And my tagline, of course, is together we are saving lives. You know, this isn't just Sweet Leaf Joe. This isn't just the Sweet Leaf Collective. This is a cannabis movement. This is a movement about plant medicine. 
and how miraculous it can be and how much it can change lives and save lives. And, you know, not to be a bummer, but just the tragedy of it being prohibited for so long. Like, how many people could have found health, harmony, and happiness through this plant that didn't? But really, it's about where we're at now and how many people can now. And we can all spread the word about this. We can all participate in compassion. And we can all make the world a better place with this plant. 100%. And real quick, one more time for our listeners, how can they find out more and get involved? What's your contact info? So I'm Sweetleaf Joe. You can check us out at sweetleafcollective.org. You can also send me an email at sweetleafjoe at gmail. You can also follow me at sweetleafjoe on Instagram. And sweetleafpatience is our general Instagram account. Thank you so much. And I hope you have a wonderful weekend at the Harvest Ball. I will. You have a wonderful weekend, too. I'm over here in the Humboldt section of the Craft Cannabis Marketplace. I'm here with Kelly Bruce. She is the owner of Canamami, and she is here through the Small Farmers Initiative with the complimentary booths. What's it like to be here at the Harvest Ball for you? Oh, it's so awesome. I'm so proud of my business partner, Lindsay, for um, you know going out and achieving such a great uh, I don't know, how do I feel? I feel really blessed to be here. I feel excited to be here. It's really great to connect and see people. Um, it's just been fantastic. This is Lindsay. Do you want to tell me a little about Panamami real quick? Say it one more time. Do you want to tell me a little bit about your brand, Panamami? Is it topical? Sure, yeah. So Panamami is a brand that is designed to help moms. So we grow cannabinoid and terpene profiles that we believe are going to best help support moms. So we try to manage stress, anxiety, sleep, libido, appetite. Do you make a nipple cream? We make a cream called All Better Cream. It's in an infused uh, coconut oil that can be used uh, for a nipple cream. It can also be used for anything, really. It can be used for um, in your coffee in the morning. It can be used on your face as an oil. To be used on your body for you know um, a rub um, that's why it's called all better it literally just makes everything better <laughs> and what inspired you to start Kanamami? my own journey really um, being a mom I felt that we were the most vulnerable cannabis consumers considering that there is no real clear line on what distinguishes abuse in regards to neglect and endangerment and so because cannabis is a schedule one drug that gray area can really put mothers in a really crappy position legally, uh, socially, in just all kinds of ways. And it's really just unfair and unjust. And so we wanted to really address that uh, with products that we're really going to support and build a community for moms to really be supported in their choices. That is totally awesome. I love hearing what women bring to this industry. We bring so many beautiful things to the cannabis industry. So I love to see women here with unique products, and this is definitely a unique product in my mind. How do you source the cannabis for Kanamami? So we work with Lindsay at Native Humboldt Farms and Eureka Distribution, and we work uh, to support the female supply chain. So we look for small female farmers, and then we move from small female farmers um, out to veteran farmers, um, minority farmers, and we really are just trying to support small sun-grown farmers with our brand. Um, so yeah, if you have a small farm, let us know. 
That is so cool. And how can we let you know and how can we find out more about Canamami and where to buy Canamami? Sure. You can follow us on Instagram at Canamami Nonprofit as well as Canamami Cultivation. And you can also just find us at Canamami.com. Thank you so much. And will you say your name for me one more time? Sure. My name is Kelly Bruce. All right. This is Kelly Bruce with Canamami. She's here through the Small Farmers Initiative in the Humboldt section of the Craft Cannabis Marketplace. Um, she's got a beautiful product. And thank you so much for sharing your experience with us. Okay. Right. Okay. I'm over here with Anique Goldsmith at Black Market Certified. And I hope you're having a great time at the Harvest Ball. Yeah, so much fun. Awesome. You want to tell me a little about Black Market Certified? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're basically about preserving the best as aspects of the black market. And what those kind of core things were was living wage jobs and dignity and work and a diverse and diversified supply chain. So that means lots of small businesses, lots of folks of color. Um, you know, it was a big umbrella to be under. And as legalization is enacted and rolls across the country, we don't see it happening. We see it happen with a lot of inequity both with regards to like legacy cultivators, the wages of workers have gone down across the board, um, and we're not seeing equity in the space. Uh, you know, we, we see like a staggeringly low percentage of, of people of color participating. And so for us, that's what black market certified means. Awesome, super important. So is black market certified a packaged flower brand? Yeah, we're like a master brand or, you know, like a record label. Basically, how, how we work is we are working with Wu-Tang Killer Trees, as well as Rakim's High Frequency Flower. And um, we're, we're working to source both of these brands through legacy cultivators and in helping to uh, develop a business that's kind of in line with those values. Awesome. And where do you source your flower from? Um, for this, currently, we're working with Eden Farms. It's an eight-time Emerald Cup winning farm. Uh, I'm so sorry. Carl Witt uh, actually is, has won before, and the last time he won uh, was from a jail cell. And so he wasn't allowed to participate in this event for several years, and this is his return to it. And uh, working with these brands to honor farmers with stories like that, and who are integral and been a part of our community as a whole, and, and, and things that we've all built upon, you know, that's fundamentally what, it, what legacy means. Absolutely. That is awesome to hear. And where can our listeners find Black Market Certified Products? Uh, this is just a soft rollout, uh, sorry, a soft rollout, so uh, if you weren't here, you missed out, but we'll be working to a full launch in January. Awesome. And do you have a website? Uh, follow us on Instagram at blackmarketcertified, and our webpage is blackmarketcertified.com. Okay, awesome. Anything else you want to share with our listeners? Um, yeah, it's important to remember that we have to support legacy cultivators. If we don't go out of our way to purchase cannabis from the folks who built this industry, they will be pushed out and we won't have them anymore. At a time when federal legalization's around the corner and the ability for Northern California cultivators to be able to distribute nationally and finally have a legal pathway to doing what they've been doing for so long, if we don't bridge that gap, you know, these farms will cease to exist. It is absolutely critical at this moment that we turn our eye to purchasing from the folks who helped build this industry. That is absolutely right on. And as a small cultivator myself, I couldn't agree with you more. So thank you so much for what you've shared with me today. Absolutely. I'm super, super glad to get to talk to you. Yes. Thank you. For our listeners, do you want to just uh, talk about Legacy Farms and if you think they're important and if so, why? I'll tell you about it. One, two, one, two, yo, in the place to be. This is New Capadon, Killer BMC from Wu-Tang Clan. I'm chilling in the place right now. 
out here in San Francisco, you know what I'm saying, with Legacy Marijuana, Legacy Grow, uh, the Legacy Bosses, uh, OG Legacy, um, the whole Legacy Weed Committee, man. And um, look, I feel like it's an important contribution to everything that's going on right now in the, in the weed arena and in the market, you know what I'm saying? So there's so many benefits to you know what we what we have to contribute with the legacy marijuana strand and you know so many different um you know benefits that you can get from it you know for arthritis you know for headaches you know for um just just a diarrhea i mean you it's good for cleansing i mean so many different things it's good for stress anxiety you know what i'm saying so yeah we want to you know, keep on supporting our legacy farmers, man, and, you know, everything that they doing, man, because they they helping us grow, you know, while they're growing as well, you know what I'm saying, so, yo, big up to, you know, the legacy, and uh, let's keep it going, you know, let's keep being fruitful, like God said, be fruitful and multiply, and there's nothing more better than God's green earth, blesses. Right on. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Thank you. That's beautiful. When Thanksgiving ends and we wait for reindeer But I rap the truth so I gotta witness Sometimes it's hard to be a Jew at Christmas Just the other night I was feeling kinda low Chilling at my house when my friend said Yo, there's a Hanukkah party that my boy is throwing There'll be lockers and vodkas, all the Jews are going So I grabbed my dreidel I headed out the door Stopped for some Manischewitz that we all could pour When I got to the party, the place was bumping Menorahs were burning, klezmer beats were thumping And then I saw the spread, it was quite a sight Hundreds of lockers under candlelight, potato pancakes, so crispy, delicious. My friend said, go eat them, you don't want to miss this. Because there was pop in the lockers. There was pop in the lockers. I guess you could call them pockers, because there was pop in the lockers. So I loaded my plate and I gobbled them up, washed them down with some wine from my holiday cup. But that one little secret I just didn't know until 30 minutes later when I started to glow, I felt funny. And I couldn't stop laughing. How you like those lockers? My friend kept asking, but I couldn't really talk. I could only dance. I was stuck in a Hanukkah cannabis trance. Visions of McAfee's danced in my head when that one night of oil lasted eight nights instead. I was straight up tripping on the Hanukkah miracle. I was so damn high. I felt practically biblical. I forgot about Christmas, Santa, elves. My friends and I hugged, feeling proud of ourselves. We were super Jews. Hanukkah junkies. And my friend said, whoa, I got such bad munchies. Because there was weed in the lockers. There was weed in the lockers. A stampede for the lockers. Because there was weed in the lockers. The moral of the story is perfectly clear. It's hella fun to be Jewish at this time of year. Because we may not have Santa with elves by his side. But we got lots of carbs and they come deep fried. And we got eight nights while you guys get one. Eight times the rollicking, frolicking fun. And we don't have to clean up the Christmas tree messes. Or deck our kids out in plaid holiday dresses. I'm kidding, of course, because the moral is really. This time of year is about those we love dearly. The season for singing and dancing with friends. For showing our gratitude, making amends if you're Jewish. Muslim, Buddhist, Christian, the seasons for family, so hug them and kiss them, remember, be present, don't just give presents, and don't forget my holiday tenant. 
edibles are incredible. Put pop in your lockers. Put pop in your lockers. Put pop in your lockers. And soon you'll Put pot in your lockers. Reaching out to all of the weed empresses and kings for this weed mass. Sing. Chalice blazing by an open fire With the best high-grade homegrown Old reggae songs being played on the vinyl In the Caribbean where it doesn't snow Everybody knows Good sense he takes you to the clouds Everyone's a pull and bright Time just stops When we take just a talk You won't be hard for me to sleep tonight They should know Ganja makes my day I've got lots of edible goodies being baked All when it legalized Some still not right To see the meditation Really when you're high And so I'm offering some candy haze or that purple cushion too although it's been smoked many times in many ways Mary weed must do High grade we smoke Anytime, any please Mary weed mass To Let's get placed for the holiday Jingle bells with our eyes aglaze Merrily caroling Waiting for Santa to show Every eye twinkling Hoping that he's gonna bring The stuff he's growing at the North Pole We've been extra good this year Get on Santa's list 
Cause there's a secret stash in Santa's bag And we think we know what it is It's red and green like a Christmas tree It's all wrapped up in twine It's sticky sweet, I do believe It smells like naughty pine So let's get blazed for the holiday Jingle bells with our eyes aglaze Merrily caroling, waiting for Santa to show Every eye twinkling, hoping that he's gonna bring The stuff he's growing at the North Pole We've left milk on the countertop And sugar cookies by his glass no thanking him for everything he brought us in the past But this year when he appears I hope he knows what we need A little Christmas cheer, I got the bong right here Santa fill it with a little weed Let's get blazed for the holidays Jingle bells with our eyes aglaze Merrily caroling, waiting for Santa to show Ho, ho, ho Every eye twinkling, hoping that he's gonna bring The stuff he's growing at the North Pole Every eye twinkling, Santa, you just got to bring Stuff you're growing at the North Pole All right, I hope you enjoyed those songs there. First up, we had MC Flow with Pot in the Lockas. After that, we heard Mary Weedmas by Ross Attitude. And wrapping it up was Chief Greenbud with Let's get blazed for the holidays. So that's all I have for you here today on the Cannabis Hour. I'm wishing you a very happy holiday season and a wonderful new year. I'll be back two weeks from today. Take care and have a beautiful day. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.